0: Hey everyone, welcome to our podcast for this week. Hope you're doing well wherever and whenever you are. If you are new or visiting or just checking us out, make sure you find us on Instagram, Facebook our website. Come and visit us in person on a Sunday. We'd love to give you a coffee, hang out, and get to know you. Join the journey of every one church. Every Sunday we have in-person church. I do a podcast-only version of the Sunday sermon. But as of today, this Sunday, the 10th of December, there are only three Sundays left until Christmas Day, including this one. So we're doing a countdown the Christmas. We started last week. Many churches do Advent this time of year. Uh, maybe you've got your Advent calendar with the chocolates. I know this last week we had a, a potential catastrophic issue in our household where Elliot, our oldest son, ate one of Roger's, our middle child's, chocolates, which caused a huge kerfuffle um, but this is just the joy of the Christmas season with young children too, fighting over toys, all, all the joys of Christmas. But the tradition of Advent stretches back like 1,500 years, starting as early as the 5th century. And the predominant theme of Advent is found in the word Advent, which comes from the Latin word Adventus, which means arrival. And the heart of it is to set our sights and prepare our hearts for the arrival of Jesus. We don't want to miss this important time of the Christian year. And we prepare all sorts of things at Christmas time: the tree, the lights, the shopping, the food, the family plans, our waistlines, all these kind of things. But do we take time to prepare our hearts? Do we take time to reflect on all that this season means to us? Do we take time to focus on the most important things? And this is what we started to do last week, and we'll continue to do right up to Christmas. We read in um, Romans 14, verse 17, in the English Standard Version, it says this, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. And these verses show us some building blocks of the kingdom of God. Righteousness, peace, and joy. This kingdom that Jesus says is among us and in our grasp is a kingdom of righteousness, peace, and joy. And last week we started talking about joy and how this kingdom that is within our grasp should be experienced with joy. We remember that joy is not a result of external circumstances, like the world would say, no. The, the Bible tells us that joy is a fruit of the Spirit, and it comes out by our choices. And we read through Philippians chapter 1 and learned that some of these choices we need to make are to choose gratitude, to choose a perspective of faith, to choose to let love abound, and to choose to keep the most important things, the most important, our priorities, And uh, we're going to continue today with our next kind of countdown to Christmas topic, and that is peace. Peace out, man. Peace. (laughs) I'm just going to pray, and then we'll get into things. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to share on our podcast today, and I ask that you'd help us grab hold of this kingdom of God that you have brought amongst us in Jesus' name. Amen. Peace. Let's talk about peace. Now, just like joy, we all have an association of what peace looks like to us. Just like joy, the the world has a definition of what peace looks like, doesn't it? For the world, peace is often associated with escape from unpleasant circumstances and busyness and noise. In fact, the dictionary defines peace as freedom from disturbance or tranquility. It's like after I put the kids to bed, alas, I have peace and quiet for a moment until they wake up to come and tell me something. Like the other night, Roger woke up to tell us in bed that he had sneezed. Bless his heart. Now, what does peace look like to you? A holiday, quiet, fishing? You know, the kingdom of God has a definition of peace as well. The kingdom of God's peace is not just escape from unpleasant experiences and busyness and noise and, or freedom from disturbance. No, it's not just a feeling or an atmosphere. The kingdom of God's definition of peace is actually a person, and His name is Jesus. Have you heard of Him? <laughs> when I am in His kingdom, His presence, I can experience true and lasting peace. In the book of Isaiah, in the Old Testament, we read a prophecy that was written like 700 years before Jesus was born, uh, and there's lots of them all throughout Isaiah, but let's read this chunk in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 to 7. It says this. It might sound familiar. You might have heard this before. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us, the government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace." His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of heaven's armies will make this happen. It's pretty cool how detailed this is, actually, and how much Jesus fits this description. And these verses speak about the coming Messiah and how he would end oppression for his people. And although we just read a small portion of Isaiah, all around these verses in Isaiah 9 there are mentions of Jesus. About his birth in Isaiah 7.14, it says, All right, then, the Lord himself will give you the sign. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. And about his kingdom, his reign and his wisdom in Isaiah 11.2, And the spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. But Isaiah 9 is interesting because it focuses on the person of the Messiah, who he is and what he's like. It says right there in verse 6 of Isaiah 9 that he will be called wonderful counselor, mighty god, everlasting father, prince of peace. I love those four characteristics, you know. Wonderful counselor meaning, you know, in the Old Testament, the word wonderful uh, regularly means supernatural. So we're talking about he would have supernatural wisdom and counsel. Mighty God, referring to his strength and power. Everlasting Father, which is kind of a funny one because, you know, we're speaking of a child to be born, but he's the Father. And I think that speaks to his oneness with the Father and his love for us, his children. And finally, it refers to Jesus as the Prince of Peace. Now, what does it mean that Jesus is the Prince of Peace? The Prince of Peace. Well, we all know in light of Jesus' life, teaching, death, and resurrection, that the Prince of Peace describes how Jesus would bring us a couple of things. The first thing is he would bring us peace with God. Peace with God. Romans 5, verse 10 to 11 says, "'For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his Son while we were still his enemies,' We will certainly be saved through the life of His Son. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God, because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. You might say, we were enemies of God. I was never an enemy of God. The truth is, according to God's Word, all of us are. We sin. We break God's laws. We call ourselves God by our actions and and our willful disobedience. We we are hostile to God. But it is through Jesus that our sins are forgiven. And because of this, we no longer have to be enemies of God. The rightful punishment for sin was placed upon him. That punishment belonged to us, but it was given to him, the Prince of Peace. Charles Spurgeon says, Great thoughts of your sin alone will drive you to despair, but great thoughts of Christ will pilot you into the haven of peace. I love that quote. Maybe you've heard the old... Christmas hymn, Hark the herald, angels sing, glory to the newborn king, peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. You were at war with God. You were at war with your sinfulness. So, this is one of the reasons why Jesus is called the Prince of Peace. You know, peace is a person and his name is Jesus. Do you have peace with God today? Have you experienced what peace with God really feels like? I remember when I became a Christian, that overwhelming sense of peace came over my life. It was like, it felt like I was carrying 50 school bags on my back and they were all lifted off me in in a moment of trusting Jesus and, and giving my life to Him. The Prince of Peace brings us peace with God. And on top of that, He also brings us peace in life. So He brings us peace with God and peace in life. And so much of this goes hand in hand with having peace with God because when we have peace with God, we can then attain peace in life. No one can have the peace of God until they are at peace with God. No one can have the peace of God until they are at peace with God. So this means we can enter a new way of experiencing life. All these inner battles that go on and try and rob us of our peace they're finished. The inner battle of acceptance and identity is finished because our acceptance and identity is in God. The inner battle for purpose and achievement and new fitness goals and all these types of things that we place as like giving us a sense of achievement and a big dopamine hit, our, our, our purpose is actually uh, in God. Our achievements are in God. Thomas Merton says, we are not at peace with others because we are not at peace with ourselves. And we are not at peace with ourselves because we are not at peace with God. There's a domino effect to peace, isn't there? To have peace in life brings our lives into divine order. I'm not sure if you've experienced this, but you know when you go on holiday and you're staying in a hotel and you, you go out, you leave the bed, and you come back and everything has been put back in order. It's like, ah. How lovely! Or when you mow the lawn, and after uh, after it's looking all messy and ragged, and then it looks looks so schmick, you know, like ah, oh, everything's in order. To have peace with God and to know Him brings our lives into divine order. It's like we can breathe. Like ah, it's going to be all right, because God has made peace with us, and in us, we can now experience peace around us, peace even in the midst of chaos. Because of Jesus, the Prince of Peace, we can have peace in life today. Peace when we face trials, peace when the storms of life rage on, peace when the enemy tries to rob us of it. Colossians 3.15 says, and let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. What is ruling in your heart this Advent season? As we count down the Christmas, let the peace of God rule in your heart. Philippians 4, verse 6 to 7 says, Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Have you experienced the peace of God? Have you experienced peace with God? Have you experienced peace in life? I could tell you story after story of Christians I've known who have experienced supernatural peace in the midst of trying circumstances, suffering and grief and loss, Because not because they've had nice music on in the background, no, it's because their life is in the person of Jesus, the Prince of Peace. I'll close with this final verse. Jesus says in John 14, 27, he says, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. And there is a a strong possessive aspect to this verse that Jesus is talking about the peace he gives, his peace And it's fundamentally different from anything that this world can offer you. The Prince of Peace, he offers us peace with God, peace in life. Amen? Amen. Just a quick thought this week as we count down to Christmas. Now, I mentioned before that you can't have the peace of God until you have peace with God. And if you need to make peace with God today, if you know you've been walking your own way and ignoring him you need to surrender your life to Him in a fresh, fresh way. I'm going to pray a prayer here, right here on the podcast. And I'd love you to pray this prayer to Jesus as I pray it out loud. In saying this prayer, you're saying to Him, Lord, I give you my life. I ask you to forgive me. And you're inviting Him into your life. You're inviting the Prince of Peace into your heart. And I believe you can experience God's peace today, in this moment, as we pray. So pray with me as I pray out loud. Speak to the Lord yourself and give your life to Him today. The prayer goes like this. Dear Jesus, I pray to you today and I ask you to forgive my sin. I give my heart to you. I believe in you. I believe you came and that you gave your life on the cross for my sin. I believe you rose again and today I receive by faith your forgiveness and friendship. I thank you that I will enter heaven one day to be with you forever. Help me on this journey of following you. Amen. Amen. Well, if you prayed that prayer, let us know. Come to church. We've got a couple of weeks of in-person church before we go online for, for a very short couple of weeks during the holiday period. Come and see us. Get a coffee. We'd love to help you give you a Bible and help you on this journey of following Jesus. Hey, let's continue the countdown to Christmas and let's have a great, great week. See you soon.